Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Peakless Mountaineer, you and I were chatting before the show, and I, I think this has to be absolutely true. The relationship, that there's a relationship between pathogens and authoritarian governments. Uh, there absolutely is, and uh, there have actually been a few different uh, papers on the subject. Uh, it's been it's been explained uh, multiple times many years ago, and then people have gone back into it to see, okay, well, was this paper really accurate? Can we get some more details on it? Um, see, uh, I've got a, an excerpt. It's uh, from either the reanalysis of the relationship between parasite stress and authoritarianism, or regional variation in pathogen prevalence predicts endorsement of uh, anyway, uh, if you want to if you want to research this at home, guys, it's uh, parasite stress is the the keyword you want to look for. But uh, so basically, what happens is that uh, if you, especially if you have a, a long history of uh, parasites, uh, pathogens, you know, bacteria, uh, uh, fungal infections, uh, all that sort of thing. That's for it, a society or for a person. Uh, for a region, actually. A region, okay. Yeah, if you have, a, a, especially if you have a, a history of a high level of pathogens, mm-hmm. and uh, also when when a, a dangerous pathogen is uh, is very important to people, all religions have some form of ritual cleansing. Most of them, because of that natural selection in cultures, have one that includes washing your hands. Yeah, and that's that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of them have uh, sort of okay. So if you touch a dead body, here's the things that you have to do, and some of it may be weird, but a lot of it's like okay. So stay away from people for a while. Yeah, that's that's true. Oh, and wash your hands. <laughs> and that part, yeah. So uh, let's see, uh, ritualized behavioral practices that reduced infection risk. Individuals who openly dissented from or simply failed to conform to these behavioral traditions therefore posed a health threat to self and others. Thus, while there can be societal costs associated with any collective behavioral tendency toward obedience and conformity, there can be disease-specific benefits too. These benefits would have been greater under circumstances in which diseases, or sorry, disease-causing parasites placed greater stress on human welfare, circumstances in which those parasites were especially virulent or prevalent. So how did societies that are authoritarian, and I'm, I'm not sure which one, do we have examples of authoritarian societies that had relationship to pathogens? I'm, I'm not sure. Well, uh, one that uh, comes to my mind is India. I just want to touch briefly on two topics. One is a report I kept hearing that because federal buildings are under attack in various states and therefore the police are not doing anything, so the president has to send in his troops. I was wondering, well, what if they attack, and, and they are, of course, uh, they attack state and municipal buildings and the police are not doing their job should the president just sit there and say no it's not my not my concern that doesn't make any sense any property even a private home and the police are not doing their job the president has to get up and act because that's one of his duties isn't it well no the president is not like a general law enforcement like the the president isn't like the sheriff of the u.s Federal buildings would arguably come under his jurisdiction. It's it's not his like it's not his job. It's not even understatism his job to go 
and see what's going on in all 50 states and make sure everything's being prosecuted properly. Well, that's that's not really his function. And, and one thing well, that is... Doesn't like, make any sense that, 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 that doesn't make any sense because um, if, uh, if you don't do that, then basically you're leaving it to the average American and his firepower to take care of his property. And the city has to take care of its property and the state its property. You're not likely to make a mail-in ballot uh, as difficult to, to, to counterfeit as cash, right? So, so the first thing that, that is probably going to happen is all kinds of counterfeit ballots are going to be produced, right? I imagine somebody's working are, on it right now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, I mean, people who are even dead are going to be registered as voters. Well, people who are dead vote already in some jurisdictions, but... <laughs> The, the problem is, I mean, like, if I if I'm gonna fraud if somebody from Massachusetts is gonna fraudulently vote in New Hampshire, they at least have to drive to New Hampshire, and that's somewhat of a barrier to entry. But with mail in, okay. you don't even have to do that. You could not and, even be there and, and vote in whatever right, jurisdiction right. you and, want. And not just like you were saying, uh, the addition of false ballots, but it's very easy to just lose the right ballots and shift everything that way. Also, um, yeah. I, one one important part is is that a mail in ballot allows people in your home, at the very least, to see whom for whom you're voting, and or to steal your ballot and uh, oh, they uh, could do that too. Right. But but so right, but, uh, let me tell you the story real quick. My wife and I. Uh, generally choose to vote uh, together, sort of as a unit as opposed to, and that requires a certain level of compromise. I don't see any particular problem with that as compromises. It's what we uh, choose to do. But we had, at one point, we did have uh, absentee ballots that we did, and we sat right next to each other and we filled them out together. I don't vote anymore, but with the mail-in ballots, I don't really care if they're easy to commit fraud with or if Trump ignores them or not. Because to me, what the real problem is, is just the career-long civil servants, the bureaucracy or the, uh, you know, bureaucrats or politicians who go through the revolving door of working as a lobbyist, going back into government, working as a lobbyist, going back into government. In a lot of cases, though, politicians will be in for decades. And, I mean, they obviously people voting doesn't seem to work in getting them out but um i mean i guess and, and there are uh, there are a lot of unelected officials with a surprising amount of power oh yes absolutely there's an incredible amount i i don't disagree with that i i don't know to me it seems like if voting is a valuable thing and everybody acts like it is then we should act like it's valuable it, I mean, you know, I get that Sunday night's cons- sort of conservative talk live as opposed to, say, Ian and uh, his his like, everybody should be able to vote nine times for all the parties or something. But I mean, the voting system is a mess. And it, uh, I, you know, I just I, I don't like it. As far as I'm concerned, you ought to know something about the political process in order to participate in it. Well, I. I was definitely disappointed at the amount of uh, the the lack of change with uh, with Trump getting elected. We have a lady here who has her own talk show, and I can understand she supports the police, and she doesn't believe that they should uh, that uh, they should lose their diplomat or not their diplomat. They should lose their qualified immunity. Immunity. I think they should. I mean, huh? qualified immunity for police is kind of the same as diplomatic immunity. Do whatever you want and then just go home. Yeah, she doesn't believe they they should lose it. I have mixed feelings. When they're wrong, they should be uh, accountable like anyone else. 
uh, what's your take on this? Because they they get away with so with much. Well, there are there I'm are. I'm with you. Ones. If they're wrong, they should be just as accountable for every so action they think, take as anyone else. If you should think they should be just as accountable for as everybody else when they're wrong, then you don't believe in qualified immunity. Qualified immunity only protects you when you're wrong. Yeah. Like, if you're right, like, if you sue somebody and they're in the rights, they still win, qualified yeah. immunity or not. In other words, they can do wrong and not get punished, right? Yes. Correct. Well, that's not right either. Well, they're uh, they're they're high they're they're protected in sort of a even greater than corporatism sort of protection, um, in so much as you can't sue them individually for their individual actions uh of things that they did on the job that were considered to be sort of acceptable within their uh, uh the purview of their job just like doctors there's a really crazy world we got right now i went in oregon you know they have the they have all the um, public school employees out there pumping your gas you know they scratch your car up put the wrong fuel and all that kind of stuff it's a no-brainer job you know Oh yeah, and that's right. You guys, you guys uh, in in Oregon are uh, your legislature believes you're too incompetent to pump gas. Yeah, they did in like Portland and stuff, but right before this whole pandemic lockdown, it had just got passed by the voters down here in this county where I live in uh, that pretty, we can pump sure our own was, gas. Pretty sure that was a job creation program. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's for the you know the public school mindless people. You know, <laughs> kind of a sad job anyway. But this this lady Karen me yesterday. Because they've already messed my car up. Karen so is now I a verb. Okay, so what happened? It sure is, dude. <laughs> this is so crazy. So, because I now pump my own gas, and I was at this pump, and there's 12 pumps, you know. And so I'm at pump number one, and she's way over at the 12th one. Yep. And usually the lady that came up to me, usually she'll let me pump my gas. And so she was letting me, and then this lady started yelling at us, oh, it's against the law, you're breaking the law, all this kind of stuff. And so the lady's like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to pump your gas for you. It is a, a violation of the law. And I started explaining them to them that it was just an executive action over here in Oregon. So we're, I, I straight up told her, we the sheep slaves at the bottom, we don't have to apply to the executive action yet. It hasn't been, pers- you know, hasn't been turned into a law yet. And this other woman came over and just started screaming at me about laws, this and laws, that. It doesn't seem reasonable to have police be... And, you know, indemnity from any actions that they take. Mm-hmm. So I believe the original purpose was to have, if police are doing something uh, in the reasonable course of their job, so that they didn't, that had recently become unconstitutional for them to do according to a court ruling, so that police didn't have to constantly be apprised of you know, yesterday's um, court rulings, mm. let's say, and this is a silly example, but um, it would be nice. Let's say it's, unco- it's unconstitutional for cops to pull you over for speeding. And then, you oh, know, that ruling happens um, today and tomorrow, somewhere in the country, a cop pulls someone over for speeding. Every um, other industry what- has to abide by laws that are passed as soon as they take effect. No other industry is immune from suit because they didn't feel like keeping up with the regulations it, that governed them. It, it oh, I don't think total, Mike's making the argument. I think he's just explaining. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it is a I'm total just, reversal of ignorance of the law is no excuse. <laughs> yeah, right. Ignorance <laughs> right. of the law is an excuse if you're law enforcement. I'm wanting to give a comment to the qualified immunity. Yeah, what's uh, your thoughts? The intent, yeah, the initial intent was uh, for to protect officers from when they accidentally break a law or yeah. intentionally. 
it, it turned out to give them a carte blanche. Now they knowingly and willingly, you know, break laws or even uh, uh, use it to uh, violate your rights. So but if, if your law, called. if if your law enforcers can accidentally break laws commonly, then sure. you need to reevaluate your system. Yeah, that's they will. There's, there's because always, people will. There's always uh, uh, being a police. I was a police officer for over twenty years too. And there are stressful situations yep. where, you know, you speed to catch up to somebody or something like that, and something happens. Uh, you're not intentionally planning to hurt somebody or to break laws, but it happens. Well, now, Mike, if you Mike... go ahead and... Well, I'm not, I'm not even saying that's a problem and... with you. I'm saying that's a problem with the system, that there's so many oh, yes. laws oh, that yes. the, the people who are the most about upholding laws can accidentally break them to the point where it's common for that to happen. Yeah, and if, well, if they have this... That, if they have this... To the point where they intentionally do it. I'm a colored person, right? Okay. And cops are, the, cops are the least of my worries. What we have here in Indianapolis is we got criminals that run from the cop, that go on high-speed chase from the cop and record it on Facebook, and then shoot at the cop and then they paint their pictures downtown on the boarded-up buildings that was burnt out by white people in the name of uh, Black Lives Matter. I don't want Black Lives Matter representing me. But anyway, the COVID deal, the new twist here in Indiana now, is that if you get caught in a place where one person tests uh, positive, then you got a quarantine for 14 days at gunpoint. So that's what they're doing here. Say it one more uh, time. what happened? You, what happens is if you get caught in a place with somebody has COVID, right, that has tested positive, they might have gotten a test on Monday and they come to church on Sunday and the test comes back on Sunday while you're in service. They'll send somebody to your church. Everybody in the sanctuary has a quarantine for 14 days. You know, when you were in high school, you I lived to go to high school and go to my wrestling practice go to my uh, dances and my proms and stuff, yeah. they are uh, uh, setting up a scenario where they're stripping all of that out of the guts out of our country. It isn't going to be anything. But w- one more thing, guys. I looked at it right, and I looked at history. Look at Japan after the, first, after the Second World War, after they dropped those two bombs. The first thing that the American pharmaceutical companies done is dump tranquilizers and dope on those people. They rained it down like fire from heaven. And then they made them wear uh, masks because uh, the bacterial spreads were so bad. So we may be in a situation where we're getting car- experiencing karma. But just you got Google, right? Just look at it. I found it in a 1956. I've only ever been punished or, from Google once, but I or, haven't. Well, well uh, Google's not but porn anyway. But anyway, oh, the I, thing about it is, I had a, uh, it's porn. But any, anyway, I was reading an article in a 56 uh, Horizon magazine about what they'd done in real time of what they were doing to the Japanese by dumping in our dope. I'm a huge fan of you guys. Uh, just what, uh, here in the People's Democratic Republic of New Mexico, we have a uh, governor who is pretty pretty horrible about shutting down like completely shutting down everything again and uh we have four businesses here where i live in farmington that are uh 
refusing to go along with the shutdown. Good again. for them. And yeah, and I mean they're they're a small business and they they have to operate like all four of them have to operate on a day to day basis. So Can you give me some of the names of them? Is that good or bad to t- to say them? Oh, I think it's good because okay. they're she's finally trying to get the state attorney's office to uh, file a permanent injunction against them. She's Ooh. already pulled their like food service permit. Um, one is the uh, Country Kitchen in Kirtland. The other one is uh, TJ's Diner in Farmington. And then there's another one, Rubio's in Aztec. And then there's Los Harmonitos in Farmington as well. So are these and all restaurants? Yes, these are all restaurants. Yep. Take a look at every state capital in every state. And if, if there's a blue dot in that state, that blue dot is at that state capital. Every single time. It's because the people who are attracted to work in government, for whatever reason, are Democrats. Yeah, I think Republicans well, I, can stomach getting a government check less than, than Democrats can. Your average like well, person I, walking around. I think this, because we're a pretty reliably blue state, yep. have been for a long time. And this corner where I'm at in San Juan County has been reliably red. And it seems like whenever the government the governor has been putting down these orders. She's been coming down extra hard on businesses in this red corner. And I don't know if that's just, you know, my observation or if that's true, but it seems like even the local cops and even the state cops that live in this area, they're not going to go to these businesses and shut things down. The cops that have come and shut businesses down, like gun shops and stuff like that, pawn shops, other things, restaurants, it's been literally a hand-selected group out of Santa Fe, out of the capital. And like, like the governor's personal Gestapo. Like, yeah, and they so did, it, I will say they did overshoot this one because in a lot of cases, I mean, even in New Hampshire, they weren't, everything wasn't exactly getting enforced. Places, there are some places that never shut down that we're told to. I've seen some places that have gone back to normal. People seem to want that, right? Um, and the question is, is can they get, because... Oh, the people definitely want it. Some politicians have been quoted recently as saying these people are ungovernable, right? And <laughs> That's the goal. The highest compliment. Yeah, it, well, I, and I agree. And the thing is, is that it what it does is it reveals that ultimately they cannot force us to do things. I mean, they they can't make us because if we all as a group just say. You know, sorry, we're not going to do it. We're just not going to. Yeah, maybe you slide the mask on in order to not have some trouble or whatever. But just sort of the the reticence, the constant friction that uh, of of people who just don't want to have these masks on. Sooner or later, it just falls away. We all, as a people, can barely agree on breathing oxygen. We can't agreed. But in, and I'm just saying, sort of in regions, and in there are in regions, people are just like, I don't want to do this. If you go into grocery stores here, sometimes uh, you'll the- see. The old, they can't arrest all of us. Yeah, they can't arrest all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm, I've been hunkered down, and and I'm, I'm normally a Florida boy. I've been in um, Charleston for about 30 years now. But it's like the wild, wild west up here when I moved here. But now, in the past couple months... It, it, people are just ruthless. It's crazy. I mean, I I, I like to stay to myself, and I, I you know, I'm <laughs> I'm not a, a dummy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm former um, military and whatnot. But dadgummit, people are just rude and 
ruthless. In the past just few months, it's just, it's like the, the, the steroids are kicking in or something. I have no idea. I was kind of thinking that it uh, might be the masks, uh, that uh, people are, you know, they're walking around, yeah, they can't see yeah. each other's faces, they can't get the sort of human feedback that they, they might I, need. But yeah. I'm, I'm seeing this, uh, as people are talking about it today, I am seeing the same sort of thing, is, is that there's a lot of people are on edge, they're grumpier than usual. Oh, I mean, right, the masks, right. the, the, and, and, the and, you know, we're all, I'm, I'm crankier than I normally am because, you know, it's just me and the two dogs here and Dad Gummit, you know, movie after movie and, and news after news. There was a story about a gentleman, 73-year-old man, who chose not to wear a mask and was sort of kicked out of a store. You tell me the story. Yeah, this is uh, this is from the Free Thought Project, uh, titled "Elderly Man Shot Dead by Police After Refusing to Wear a Mask in a Grocery Store." Uh, the debate over face masks during COVID nineteen pandemic has torn friendships apart, pitted family members against each other, and even led to an innocent bus driver being beaten to death in France by a group of thugs who became angry when he said it was the law that they put their masks on. Now, a 73-year-old man has been killed after an incident sparked from a mask dispute. This time, it was the mask refuser at the end of the violence. According to the police, they were called out to Value Mart in Minden, Ontario, just after 8 a.m. last Wednesday. Is this Ontario, Canada? Yes. Okay. Yes. I guess it would have to be, yeah, if it's Minden, Ontario, that means it's not, yeah, gotcha. I'm not aware of an Ontario, France yet. No, not yet. Okay. I was just unclear. Like, there's certainly an Ontario municipality in the United States, ah. but it would be like Ontario, Mississippi, or something to that effect. One would hope. Uh, let's see. Uh, just after 8 a.m. last Wednesday, uh, because an elderly man wanted to shop without wearing his mask. You don't bring officers to his home and shoot him. Yeah, and right. if this happens inside of a store, then there should be evidence if that he did that, if that's what actually He's also 73 happens. If I was a um, you know young man, I'm not going to call the cops on a 73 year old guy going. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, what happened to like? Okay, the, the, he's old. He's old. He's stuck in his ways. Let's yep. give him a little bit of leeway and not send armed thugs after him. Right. I mean, I, I guess I worked in a health club for some time in my youth, and I, I must say that some older folks, you know put their hands on me not in in any way that it made me angry or anything like that but they you know i remember one lady uh you know she wanted to be called mrs something i don't remember her last name was whatever the case may be she wanted to be called mrs rather than me calling her by her first name now we had membership cards so i knew everybody's first name she said uh, you know i'm i'm old enough to be your grandmother called me mrs whatever and she um you know tapped me on my arm in kind of a swatty fashion. I mean, you could call it an assault should you wish to, but I just called her Mrs. after that um, because that's what she wanted. Well, I'm sure she broke your arm with that swat. I mean, mean, uh, some things are battery and some things are just being a bitch, and that's not a battery. Like, I mean, it's... Well, they they called it assault, which I think is the, the, the most confusing of legal terms so i was in a grocery store today and um i don't like to wear the mask my husband won't and he actually went into Lowe's today without a mask 
because we found out on TV that Lowe's said they won't be enforcing the policy. So, sure, they left him alone, which was amazing. First store he has been in in over three months. Wow. So I do the grocery shopping. So I went into Albertsons today, and I'm in the produce section, and I see this old man, and he turns out he's 75 years old, and this libertarian that I follow says, talk to everybody who's not wearing a mask and, you know, salute each other, right? So I say to him, well, you're not wearing a mask. How did you get in this store? Because what I do is I kind of leave it on my chin. So the guy says, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do this, right? You know, I don't believe in this stuff and we started talking over the apple section and people are all around us in their masks and i i see them listening to us and we're talking about oh my god i can't believe they won't let the kids in the schools and all this kind of stuff and there's been no study and all that so i he goes on about his way and i'm shopping and then i i see six ladies hit up one of the sale one of the workers in the store and they said, oh, my God, there's this guy in the store without a mask, and he's telling people about not to wear a mask. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I, I told your screener that, um, you know, the big comp controversy with the Washington Redskins? Yep, they, and, uh, uh, they're uh, changing the, their name. Uh, hmm. Right, but uh, the Native Americans don't care, and the fans do. Well, I've got a really excellent idea. Okay. Change the name to the Washington Redskin potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So they, there are redskin potatoes. They'll be the redskins. Yeah. Take take the, the the face of the Indian off. Put a uh, Mr. Potato Head, but not the one that they can get sued for. Go fighting spuds. Make up their own little potato head, right? <laughs> and they can be the Washington Redskin potatoes. I think that's and, funny. And, However, I, I think the problem isn't the picture. The uh, for the you know the Washington Redskins picture is a fine picture. It's the it's the name that people have the the biggest problem about. So um, I think they're going to change. I've heard they're going to change their name to the Sentinels, which uh, has something to do with a movie or something like that. Are they keeping the? Are they I'd like to the keep. Face? What's that? Are they keeping the face? I'd keep personally. If if it was me making a decision, I would keep the Native American motif because hey. You know, fierce warriors and stuff. It's great. Call there them plenty of Native American sentinels. Yeah, I went on a uh, what do they call those? Those like cables that you uh, you know slide down on pulleys. Oh, and zip, stuff. Lines. Yeah. zip line. I went down a zip line in, in Acapulco, Mexico. I was praying to gods that I haven't believed in in decades. <laughs> it was terrifying. Hey, it worked. Yeah, not for me. Oh, yeah, you I know went. we. we, we... We should we should also mention we can do a little uh, social experiment. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, when I'm not listening on K E N N, I'm listening on K I N N on Saturdays out of Alamogordo, New Mexico. Let's see what we can do there. Is so there anyway, hold on, hold on, hold on, Alamogordo. Is there another radio station called K I N N? K E N N has kin. Uh -huh. K I N N in Alamogordo. Okay. Is it so they're yeah. related in some way? It's a uh, you know co-owned station. I don't know. Okay. I don't. Well, everybody in New Mexico is related. <laughs> um, so that's not even a joke. Ask What's the them. failure to rule, David? <laughs> okay, so you were talking earlier in your program. Uh, you were you were discussing a failure to rule when a caller had said that uh, judges were not uh, were intentionally not ruling on the outcome of a case, meaning the dispository 
ruling. They were failing to uh, dispose of the case, which Melanie prob- said correctly that they're not really going to get away with failing to rule on the dispository order in the case, you know, the final order uh, deciding one way or the other. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.